He who now loves is saved. Verse number four. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Now here's the key right here. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Drop down a few scriptures to the 38th verse. Now, I know I skipped a lot, but you know the story. Let's go down to verse number 38. 38 says, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone laid upon it. Verse 39. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he ceased, for he that have been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, said, I am not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, Thou should have seen the glory of God. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it. That they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about him with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, Loose him, loose him, loose him, and let him go. Our final verse. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed. On him. This is the word of God. Now, from those particular scriptures, I like to use for a subject for the benefit of. For the benefit of. You may Now, oftentimes we as human beings are only concerned about how something's gonna benefit us. We only are concerned about what's in it for me. No matter whether it's sickness, disease, or whatever the circumstance is, you're only concerned about how is this going to help me and how are you going to get me out of this and what's going to be the benefit. Now, I said that something was for the benefit of, but the challenge in that particular statement is does something come before that and know that there is something after it? Come on now. Come on, that the benefit of, for the benefit of. Now we have looked at this particular scripture, or series of scriptures. We have this certain man that's sick. He has a relationship with Jesus. And also is at a certain location. Now I don't know where you are in life, but right now you're in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Some may be watching by airway, but nonetheless, you're in a certain place. You're dealing with certain conditions. It may not be a death situation. It may or may not be. Maybe sickness, but you are there. Now the next thing is it talks about relationship. As you think about what is your current relationship with Jesus? Now we see that Mary and Martha and even Lazarus had a relationship. The Bible says the one whom you love. Hmm, is sick. 
So consider right now, whatever state you're in right now, young people, older people, in between, what is your relationship with Jesus? At the end of this, I would hope and pray that if you don't know God for the part of your sin, that you are sure of that relationship. Don't wait. Don't wait till the end of the message if you want to come even now. Amen. Now is a great time Amen. to give your life over to yeah. Jesus. Amen. Always a good time. Always. So you're able to say that all is well. Yes. And it is well. Again, Amen. that's not my text, but I like that. Yes. All right. I like that. And we know that the sickness was, Lazarus was sick, and a request was sent out to Jesus to come to where they were. When you're in a desperate situation, the first thing you want to do is call for someone. Now, I say someone because it's not always Jesus. It depends on your relationship. That's right. That's right. Your first call oftentimes is mama That's right. or daddy or whoever maybe, or maybe even spouse. But in this case, it was Jesus. In this case, it was Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that whatever I'm facing, that the first person I send is Jesus. If I'm in college, it's not going to the financial aid office. Come on. It's not my advice. Come on. It may just simply be Jesus. Now, how do I request Jesus? Well, intercessor. Right. Jesus, have mercy on me. I believe uh, Bartimaeus cried out, have mercy on me. That's a simple request. You were requesting him to enter your situation, your circumstance. Whatever you're facing, like I said, even today, just make a request. Send a request. Now, here's the thing about it. Sometimes in your request, there is a delay. Now, we don't like to wait for anything. Whether it's in the fast food line, restaurant, when we're at uh, some ministry, we don't like to have to wait. But some things take time. Especially if it's being tailored to fit you. Yes. Tailored right. to fit your needs. Yes. Sometimes there's a divine delay. And sometimes some things are working behind the scenes that you're unaware of. Yes. And it may be for the benefit of it. It may be for your benefit of that delay. Or simply, it may just be for the glory of God. Now wouldn't it be something that if you knew that I'll be delayed for something, but I know it's going to be for God's glory. If you had that in the forefront of your mind, would that change how you went? Because the truth of it, it does change for some. But for those that don't have the relationship, we get patient. We get to the place that we want to give up. He's not coming. We see this even in this text, that Jesus got the message. He knew they were sick. But he said that this sickness is not unto, unto death. Then he also gave some hints. They didn't hear the story. They didn't know what Jesus was saying over here. All they knew that presently where they were, that Lazarus was sick. As a matter of fact, by the time Jesus gets there, well, he's dead. But Jesus is saying, this is not unto death. But they don't know this. But this is all in the mind. But the why of all of this is to know that it's indeed for God's glory, and that they may believe. Yes. That they may believe. Yes. Jesus said that God always hears me. My father always hears me what he said. That's right. 
God always hears you when you're in a relationship with him. With him. Now your earthly father hears you as children and teenagers. But I challenge you, especially, that you develop not a relationship just with your father, your heavenly father. Because when it comes down to the end, when it comes down to that situation, daddy can't always help you. He can't always be there. He can't always provide. He will want to, but sometimes he cannot. But my father, I'm not talking about our double loss. I'm talking about the great I am. He can be there. He can feel any space that's empty. He can be a backup plan when there is a need for something for him to step in. He is whatever is needed at that time. He is Jehovah Jireh. Oh my gosh. Yes, he is Jehovah Jireh. Yes, he is Jehovah Jireh. Yes. yes. Oh my God. If you've never been in a situation where you needed something, yes. you need to know him as Jehovah Jireh. Yes. You need to know who to call. Yes. You need to know who to call. Yes. If there's a certain number to call for information, we know that number. That's right. If there's a certain number to call for emergency, we know that number. But I ask this question. In a situation of a particular need, mm. what number Come on. are you going to call? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. What scripture is your go-to? Well, for me, Romans 8 and 28 comes to mind. We know that all things are going to be called according to his purpose. So in other words, when I feel like everything is crazy, everything is happening out of my control, when everything has me twist and turn and feel like I'm in a storm, yeah. I consider this scripture. Yes. That it's going to work yes. together. Yes. Because I am the call. Yes. 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 So he's going to work this thing out. All right. All right. So all is well yes, is. because yes. it is well. Yes. But it is also for the benefit of. Yes. Yes. Now, how is it for the benefit of in one way one way it is for the benefit of if you've gone through a situation or a circumstance and you share it with someone mm -hmm. that's been through the same thing, mm -hmm. your testimony according to Revelations 12 and I believe it's 11 that talks about we overcome by the word of our testimony. That's what I was thinking it was. I almost waited to 12 11 to say, check the time. <laughs> and it may roll around. But nonetheless, the date, what's the date? 12 11. So, so about that is that we overcome yes. by you sharing your testimony. Amen. How do you get a testimony? Oh, it requires some kind of test. Yes. Yes. It requires you to go through but then, once you go through the test, you tell someone about the test. In this case, in this case, if you've gone through the test, it's okay to share the answers to the test. But in school, don't do that. But in this class, it is okay to share what you've been through to prep me for my test. It's an open book test. Now, how is an open book test? Because I go to the scripture. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. 
I stand on the promises of God. I stand on his word. That when I'm facing that test, oh, I can just go to that. I refer to this. The Bible says, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he said the Bible says, so he was faced with a test. Was he not? So in his testing by Satan, trying to administer this test to him, this pop quiz, he's been laying before God and he was fasting and praying and here comes a pop quiz. Did he not know that he was talking to the word? How do you come to the word asking him questions? Guess what he's going to give you? He's going to give you the answer? He's going to give you himself. The word. The logos. Logos is the written word, of course. But in a particular situation, it becomes rhema. So in your circumstance, you may read the logos, which is the written word. But when you apply it for a particular situation, it becomes rhema. Let's make this connection. In the same situation, it's been logos, you made it rhema, and it's 1144 according to the clock. That's chronos. Whatever you hear right now is getting ready to be kairos. But when it is something that you apply, it is rhema. So keep that. You have, you have logos, which is what I'm putting out here. If you hear it a certain way, and it is your word, it's rhema. At a certain time, it is your chronos. But when you can apply it to your situation because of divine time, now it is kairos. You just entered into a kairos moment. So know that it is real and all is real. And guess what? It is now your testimony that you can share with somebody else. Because it is real and it all is real. When God steps in a situation, he takes something that was dead and makes it alive. Now we know that Lazarus is at the, at the grave and Jesus is there. And he has had this conversation with Mary and, and Martha. There's something I want you to take a close look at. Verse number 20. Let's see what it says. I'm sorry, let's, let's go down. Well, we'll look at 20. And 20, she says, then Martha. As soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Mary was sitting in the house. Now you may remember in a different chapter that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. But in this case, she's sitting in the house. Isn't it amazing how when circumstances occur, our posture changes kind of. She's still sitting, but she's sitting in the house. In other words, Jesus is over here, and she's sitting where? In the house. If you want to have a relationship with God, your posture can change or it can stay the same, but be where Jesus is. Have a relationship with him. That is the vertical. Keep your horizontal relationships. I'm doing something. I'm doing something. I'm doing something. Make sure that you have your relationship. That's horizontal with people around you. That's that testimony. You got to talk to somebody. Make sure you have the vertical. That's where your prayer is. All right, so we talked about that verse 20 and 20. Now, as we go down, don't leave that part. <laughs> now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, that's it. My brother would have not have died. But even now, I know 
that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Hmm. Isn't that something? That is indeed. At that particular moment, although Lazarus is dead, she is able to say, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know. Even now. That's a now faith, right? Now faith. In that particular chronos, the kairos kicks in for her. That it becomes rhema to realize that the word is here. I'm here. The situation is here. Come on. Then there could be a change. All right. Amen. Good. That's good. That's good. All right. So for whatever, whatever you're dealing with, make sure that you know. Know. Hear that? That's K N O. No. Yes. Now. Yes. No now. Uh -huh. After this statement today, after this sermon today, you will now know. That this is for the benefit of. That you'll be able to say, or now know that all is well, that it is well. Hallelujah. It certainly will be all right. Absolutely. I'm just walking through the text. Just walking through the text. Just walking through the text. As I'm thinking about. There's a verse that also, in that same series of verses from all of John 11, mm -hmm. believe it or not, Mary says the same thing. Mm -hmm. I can get down to it. 28. There we go. And when she had said, had said these things, she went her way. Yeah. Let me go back up more. Thanks for that. 27. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. The son of God who is to come into the world. That's still Martha talking. And when she had said these things, she went her way. Now catch this part. And secretly called Mary, her sister, saying that the teacher has come and is calling for you. Now let me let you in on a little secret. The, Jesus did not call for Mary. Jesus did not call for Mary. But Martha said secretly. Now here's what happened. As soon as as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her when they saw that Mary that was sitting rose up quickly and went out and followed her saying she is going to the tomb to weep there. Verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him she fell down at his feet saying to him Lord if you had been there or been here my brother would not have died. Mm -hmm. You have two sisters, mm -hmm. two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. One was sitting back at the house. Mm -hmm. One went to meet Jesus. But then her sister secretly said, the master has called for you. But she knew that her response would be that she would quickly get up. And the Bible says that she quickly got up when she heard that the master was around. Mm -hmm. What is your response? When the master is in the house or in the area. Well, I observed 
in this space. That the master was in the house. Uh -huh. That right. Jesus was in the place. Yeah. Some quickly rose. Uh -huh. But some sat yeah. in the house. All right. Don't be one that is sitting in the house. Or sitting when Jesus comes in the house. Right. Because remember when you're in a desperate situation. Right. You don't want the master to delay and be sitting and not taking care of your circumstances. Trust me. And believe. So it's be, it would be to your best interest to move. Have some kind of action. I'm talking particular to my young people. Particular to my young people. You might as well get a relationship with the Father. Today. Today. For real, for real. For real, for real. None of that play stuff. None of the filtered social media actions. I'm talking about a real, sincere relationship with Jesus. Because when those things pass away, Jesus will yet remain. When your family forsake you, Jesus will yet remain. When your money is gone, powerful son, Jesus, your father, will remain. Yes, yes. No matter Amen. when your job closes and shuts down, Amen. Jesus will remain. Yes. When sickness ends your body, enters your body, know that he is the healer. Yes. And he remains. Yes. He is here right now. Yes. He's here yes. right now. That's the Kairos. But it has to become rhema for you yes. to get the effect right. of the word. Yes. As I bring this to a somewhat of a, of a close, just in thoughts and just in deeds, maybe best to think about some examples of people that may have gone through some situations that we may ask, how is it for the benefit of? always begin any example with Jesus. Yes. We know, of course, this very easy scripture, John 3, 16. Yes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, we know all that he went through. Everything that he endured. Everything that he faced. He gave up his life for us. For the benefit of. We have him in the garden of Gethsemane. He is divinity. And he is humanity. He has his purpose. And he has the cross that he is facing. He has the emotions. Of what's facing him. He has this bitter cup. And he is warring. And trying to decide. Am I going to do this? The very thing that he's been called to do. The very reason for him to come to the earth. Now he's warring about it. But then he comes to this place. We know the scripture says, not my will. But before he says that, please move the, remove this bitter cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, for the benefit of. Not my will, thy will be done. For the benefit of GCA, for Zacchaeus, for Apostle, 
for everybody in here. I must do this. And he does it. So even in Jesus and Jesus having this conversation with God in his flesh. In his flesh. Humanity. Divinity. We expect Jesus to ask something, to pray something, and there's an answer. But let me let you in on a little bit of a secret. Sometimes God does not Say yes. yes. You already should know that. But his saying no or not now is for the benefit of. Isn't it good to know that I can pray something? I want God to say yes every single time I ask something. And I do. That's, that's me, just me. But in his infinite wisdom, he considers that if I say if I answer yes for him, then this is going to happen. But isn't it good to know that God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Just as the heavens are above uh, the earth, so are my thoughts. It's good to know now. Now you know. And you'll be able to say that that thing that God is not answering the way that I want him to answer is for the benefit of When I didn't get into the college that I wanted to get into, it's for the benefit of when the money didn't come the way I wanted it to come, it was for the benefit of. When that job closed, it was for the benefit of. Now, in, in immediacy, it does not seem like it's for the benefit of. Let me just confirm that. It does not feel like it's for the benefit of. Now, how do I know? Well, let's just say I lost a job, or it was 2005. And I have you know, degrees, I worked at different places, uh, Fortune 500 country, uh, companies, so sure, it won't be any problem getting a job. So five months passed. Still no job. I was living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and my brother was, he said, um, they have a hiring session. I know you don't want to come to it. I said, when is it? I'll be there. So I walk into this hiring session room, maybe 500 people in there. They were hiring for one position. So I would go into the interview and I'm going through the process. I'm passed from one stage to the next. And as I'm going in there, I already know that this is my position. And I'm going through the steps because that's what you have to do. Go through the steps. There ain't no, sometimes there's favor. But in this case, you go through the steps. It is indeed a process, and in the process, there is some processing. Sometimes some things that need to be taken out of you is taken out during the processing. Sometimes the loan that's uh, being processed, there are some things that's happening behind the scenes during the process. Now, I don't know what you're, what's going on for you right now. You may have something that's seeking approval even now. Just know this is a Kairos moment. Uh -huh. That the processing is taking place even now. But behind the scenes, he's working some things out for your family. Yeah. It's part of the process. And indeed, it's about your patience as well. It is also about your faith to understand that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ever ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. 
back to the job. So I go through the steps and get to the last interview. Again, I know I got it. That's not confidence in the negative way. That's assurance in knowing who my God is. So once he hires me, I get the job and I put this word out. I said, I'm looking for a wife. I am looking to date, I'm not looking to date, I'm looking for a wife. And a certain chief intercessor hands me a piece of paper. And the piece of paper has a name on it. Now for me it was Logos, but it became Rhema. And we see the blessing right now. Gave you the short version of it, but there was a lot of things that happened along the way in the process. There was sickness, there was disease, there was frustration, there was uh, application issues and things that happened. Got hired, but I didn't immediately start. But when I did start, I've been there 17 years as of today. Now here, here's the also a part of it for the benefit of, of course, I got a wife. But to be standing here to get the word out to you today, for you today, is the benefit. Not just for me, but it goes back to the testimony. Now, if you add a little E to the eternity, everlasting, to that testimony, then there is some compensation. There's some compensation that comes with being in relationship with God. There's some, so now you have testimony. And then you have the testimony. Uh -huh. Now, don't just get the money and the blessing and don't right. put in right. here. Yeah. Once you have a testimony, give back unto God. Yes. Give back unto God. Amen. He has blessed you Amen. to be a blessing. Yes. So it's for the benefit of. For the benefit of. Not just for you. Now, I gave you that particular testimony. But it is not at all, at all. Hear me clearly. It's not about me. Amen. It is to speak to the singleness in you. Right. It may be to those that may be unemployed. It may be about anybody that's facing any circumstance. But to know that you can <coughs> overcome. That you can get through. And it goes back to relationship. Yes. It goes back to relationship and trust. Amen. And applying the word to your circumstance. Amen. To your situation. Amen. I'm reminded of Joseph. I believe Joseph... Uh, had on a, a robe given to him by his father. Right. And he had a dream. And all of a sudden, he talks about the dream to his family, his brothers. And what happens? They threw him in a pit. Thrown in a pit. Then he was taken into slavery. Then he goes into uh, to serve Paul's house, so on and so forth. We know the full story. But then it yeah. goes through this process. Yes. Even in prison, he's still doing his ministry. Amen. Even in a desperate situation, the challenge is, are you still doing a work? Right. I can still be in a circumstance that I don't want to be in, but I still should be doing the work that I'm called to do. So I'll insert here. Sometimes you can be at a workplace that's 17 years and be frustrated by the workplace, but you best do the work while you're on the place. In other words, you could be stressed by co-workers, stressed by conditions, but you best to be. Be a minister. Do the work of an evangelist at all times. Because your witness is always 
Yes. Yes. On display. On display. You may be the very person that someone that does not go to church. You may be the one that all of a sudden people start coming to my desk. And a few people know I don't like people coming to my work. But I start noticing that once this jack leg uh, license, I got license. Now, as a jack leg, I say. Jack leg preaches what, the, what I should say. I got license. Now all of a sudden people are coming to my desk just talking about stuff. Well, here's a testimony of it. I had a Thomas that came to my desk. And he said, you know, me and my wife, we're, we're going to join the church, which will be today. I said, really? I said, oh, that's outstanding, man. That's a great step. Establish a relationship. He is a newlywed. So, so based on I've been talking, he's been coming to my desk for a few, um, a few months now. And just to see the progression. That, of course, we talked about marriage. But now to see that he has established a relationship with, his, with God. Of course, we talk about relationship with, with his wife. But now to cement his relationship with the Father. That is where the testimony comes together. That is why you do what you do. That's for the benefit of it. Had I not lost my job, who knows, this one person may not have got a relationship. Not to take credit for it. One waters, another plants. But God gives the increase. But if you're not doing your part, nothing happens. Don't be the one that's sitting still like Mary or Martha we talked about in the Bible. Do the work. Do the work. Clock in. You're qualified. You are absolutely qualified. If you can say Jesus, you're qualified. If you know John 3.16, you're qualified. If you can love, you're qualified. If you can just point to the cross, you're qualified. Just point to the cross. Don't say a word. Just point to the cross. That's a message in itself. I like that. Show me. Show me the way. Jesus said, I am the way. The truth. Hallelujah. Now I have one other example. I believe this person was working in a factory with some tennis balls, making some good money. But I believe the, the master called and said, I need you to come and preach this gospel. I need you to do what I know you don't really want to do. But there is a set of people that need to hear from you. And for those that don't have no idea who I'm talking about, we're talking about the apostles. But what I'm talking about, all the things that she went through, we're talking about frustration. We're talking about members leaving. We're talking about changes in the ministry. We're talking about life itself. We're talking about our spouse leaving and being an accident happening. All of these things happen. What's the title? For the benefit of. For the benefit of not just her, but for countless people, for GCA, for pastors, she released books for the benefit of. I stand because of her answer of yes. Yes. 
you sit. We're calling her answer. So it's simply for the benefit of a way of holiness she has demonstrated for the benefit of. Grandkids, look at your grandmother. What she has endured on your behalf. For the benefit of. I understand. I understand being young. I understand that. I understand choices that we all make. But consider all that she has endured, all that she's faced, that's a legacy. That is legacy. And it is for your benefit. And for the benefit of. Not just for you, but for where you are going, where you are going, where you are going. I'm coming to the close. I'm coming to the close. <laughs> and there are benefits, of course, in suffering. Benefits in things that you are going through. And there are countless scriptures. Let's look at a, uh, one scripture in particular. Psalms 119 and 71. David said it this way. Psalms 119 and 71. He says, it is good for me that I was afflicted. In other words, he's saying that my affliction was for the benefit of. That which he endured, it was for the benefit of. Now, I'm not sure how David was able to say that in the midst of whatever he was facing, but for the benefit of. Any sickness that you have faced, get to the place that you're able to say like David said. It was good for me. That's a tough thing to be able to say. But you're now faith because at the end of it all, it was good. It was good. Now, how do I say that it was good? I'll say it to you this way. If everything was good, you probably wouldn't call on the name of Jesus. But because of a storm in your life, then you call on the master. Master, savior, come and enter my circumstance. God, I need you. I'm sick. I have sickness in my body. Jesus, come. So it was good. That's how you get the relationship. You bow your knees. Sometimes God may even, he allows, as we see with Job, he allowed things to come into Job's life. Satan had to get permission to come and challenge Job. But at the end of it all, it was good. It was good. So when you think about your circumstance, look back. Don't look, don't look forward. Just look back. Think about that relationship. You were dating somebody. And it was okay. It was good. Good relationship. But it ended. And you were crying, depressed. Toe up, toe down. And I don't know how I'm going to make it. How am I going to make it? I can never live without this person. But then time passed. And as you look back at that relationship and the newness of what you have now, it was good that I was afflicted. It was good that you brought me out of that circumstance. I learned something. And now you can say some 28 years later, I got a man. 
I got a man. And it is for the benefit of. Look at Psalms 34 and 19. Psalms 34 and 19. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. Now, there's a requirement in this text now. Don't, don't reach up and grab the benefits of it if you have not applied something. Make an application to be, and that application not written for is in life form. It is to be righteous. It says, many are the afflictions of not just anybody, but the righteous, those in right standing. That's the condition. That's what's required. But the Lord delivers them out of not some, not a couple, not a few, not one in particular, of them all. The challenge is this. Maybe I should try to find out, am I righteous? Or what does it take to be righteous? If I want the benefits, that's what I need to do. Romans 8 and 17 says it this way. Romans 8 17. For I reckon these sufferings of this present are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I like that. For I reckon that these sufferings of this present chronos are not worthy. They don't even measure up. They don't even compare. Not even close. Nowhere close to the glory that will be Rhema. Oh, that's revealed. So we had the chronos present. Or Kairos, I should say. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present chronos time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed as our Kairos. How you hear that is whether it's Logos or whether it's Rhema. For I reckon, I'll read that again. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For I know, or well, I need to consider, that what I'm going through right now doesn't even compare to what is yet to come in the glory that's going to be revealed in me. Suffer a little while. But it doesn't even compare to what's going to come to me. What's going to happen. What benefits I'm going to enjoy. So don't give up. Don't get frustrated in your present circumstance. Don't give up. Don't quit. Because what God has waiting for you is so much more. So much more. One more verse under the benefits of suffering. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse number 17. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us and eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Our light and momentary troubles, they just for a season, just for a moment. And eternal glory is being worked on our behalf. And there's some weight to it. Some weight that comes with this. 
There's a weight that's going to show up. I'm going through these light afflictions. They are temporary. They're not going to last always. The good news is there's an expiration date on the trouble that you're facing now. You're going to look back at what you're facing even now. You are going to look back at this present moment that you are suffering right now. And it does not even compare to the internal glory that awaits you. What you have to know is that God does not have this, this clock like we have. He stands outside of time. He does not look at his watch and say, oh, five minutes from now. He does not live in the chronos. His time is always kairos. It's always the exact time, the right time for whatever the circumstance is. He knows when he shows up, he's on time. Because he is time. He's timeless. But again, he stands outside of our humanness of time. But for us to get an understanding of our, because we're finite, he puts things into time for us to have a point of reference. Just a point of reference. Patience draws us close to God or it moves us away from him. It either draws us close to him or pushes us, pushes us away. Going back to that expiration date. The thing that you are facing even now, it seems like it's never going to end. You've done all that you could do. You tried it with your human hands, your human thoughts, your human actions. But trust God. Trust him. If you endure and turn your focus on something else, you will realize that he has answered the thing behind the scenes. Now, what am I saying? When you stop watching the clock, time moves. As long as you're watching the clock, it stands still. So maybe it's not that time is standing still. Maybe you are still standing. Now what if God says no? Can it be for my benefit? I believe Paul says it in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 10. I'll read it for you. I'm sure you're familiar with it, but since we're reading. Unless I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of revelations, mm -hmm. there was given, I didn't ask for it, was given to be a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. The messenger of Satan. Somebody that speaks on Satan's behalf. Hmm. The messenger of Satan. Somebody that's on assignment. Somebody on your workplace. Somebody in your family. Somebody in the church. Okay. A messenger of Satan to buffet, aggravate, irritate, vex me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. 
That's fancy to say. Three times I asked the Lord, come help me. Three times I asked the Lord, uh, come and get me off this job or get the person off the job. Come and get this person dot, dot, dot. But then it says that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, this is Paul speaking. My grace is sufficient for this. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. That's a meat in that, those words of scripture. So there's a benefit that even when you're praying to God, God, come and fix this thing. Come remove this circumstance. I'm sick. I need you to heal me. But this scripture says, my grace is sufficient. In other words, you have exactly what you need already. You have the grace to survive, to stand the test of time. Yes. Make sure that you consider that whatever you're facing, <coughs> reproaches and necessities, persecution, that God can step in and he can help you even in the midst of circumstance, like just then. God steps right. in. What you do, go to the word. That even these light afflictions, even this circumstance, his grace is sufficient. He can bring you back and he'll give you exactly what you need. And it is still for the benefit of. Because sometimes you get so comfortable in going through a message and think it's all about you. And then something has to happen. We know who is the prince and the power of the airways. We know that, right? So what will he do in that moment? Mess with the sound. Yes, yes, yes. But we know that all is well. That it is well. Sometimes we want to be taken out of certain school systems, certain jobs, certain situations, certain occurrences, mm -hmm. but God says, no. Uh -huh. I'm going to let you remain there. Uh -huh. And it is for your benefit. Yes. I'm teaching something. Yes. I'm teaching you something. Yes. I'm showing you something. Yes. Because there's somebody that's on the job that needs to see something in you that I get glorified by it. Yes. Yes. So we have to understand that it is not about us. That's the key thing. Just because you're suffering is happening to you, uh -huh. but it may be for somebody else. Yeah. Right? Just because you're being frustrated, just because you're being pushed uh -huh. into a corner, into a tight space, oh. maybe it's not about you. Amen. And when you can get to the point to realize Hallelujah. that it's not about Hallelujah. me, but it is for the benefit of Amen. dot, dot, dot. Amen. Amen. Bless his name. Hallelujah. Thank you.
I'm also reminded of a man that had legions in him. Okay. That's demon possessed. We are legion. Now he is on this island, living among the tombs, cutting himself, naked. That's where he is. Jesus has just fed the 5,000. He tells the disciples, let's go to the other side. And in the midst of them going to the other side, a storm happens. And in the midst, Jesus is taking a nap. You know what we do after we eat? We take a nap. So Jesus is in the bottom of the boat and he is asleep. Here comes Peter. Cares not that we perish? Do you care if we're going to die? Jesus speaks to their faith. He of little faith. Peace be still, he says. And Mark 5 goes on and says, they get to the other side. And who was there waiting? The man that's demon-possessed. So what do we have? We have 5,000 being fed. Well, let's go back a little bit further. We have 5,000 that are hungry. And we have a little lad that has a fish sandwich with some extra bread. You know you need extra bread just in case the bony fish is stuck. So you have some extra bread. Y'all know nothing about that. So we have a little lad that has a sack lunch with fish and bread. We have some hungry people. And Jesus asked the disciples to feed them. What you got? We don't have nothing, but this lad has. Could you imagine being the lad that your mom has prepared you some food? And here come the disciples saying, we got some food. Uh, I have some food. You don't have some food. But what's the title? For the benefit of. So we have the lad that gives his lunch, feeds 5,000. 5,000 fed. They go to the other side. And then there's somebody waiting that has been fighting this demon. Or demons, I should say. And he is delivered. Well, here's the other part of it. Now, where is the for the benefit of? Well, he is set free. Now, you know how the old folks sing the song, Clothe and uh, clothing is right mind? Well, the scripture says it. Look at it very closely. Clothe and in his right mind. That's two things. Not lumping it together. So he was clothed and in his right mind. That's a testimony. So Jesus is asked by the man that's now been set free. He says, let me go with you. Let me go with you, Jesus. He's been set free, and his natural desire is to go with Jesus. Wouldn't that be a great testimony that you want to go with Jesus? Have a relationship with him. He's been delivered, and he wants to go with Jesus. But Jesus says something that kind of surprised me. He says, go home. Go home. And talk about what I have done. And here's another part of it for the benefit of. It says that he goes and proclaims the gospel to the capitalists. The capitalists for my students, Deca, as you already know, means 10. That means 10 cities. He goes and preaches the gospel. So we have this 
crazed man mm -hmm. that is set free mm -hmm. now for the benefit of. He preached and proclaims the gospel yes. to 10 yes. cities for the benefit of. Yes. 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 Now I'm not saying I had 200 legions, <laughs> but I will say that I have been chained to a circumstance. I will say that sin had me bound. I will say that I was battling not so much naked, but uncovered. But then Jesus showed up. And when he showed up, I was covered and in my right mind. And as I think about being in this moment as we come to this close, I'm not talking to 10 cities, but I'm talking to more than 10 people. So as I talk to 10 people today, consider whatever you're facing, whatever you dealt with, God is the answer. Get the answer, get the solution, and know that it is for the benefit of, not just you. Yes. Not just yes. your yes. family, but it is for others yes. that need to hear yes. the good news, the good news of the gospel, yes. that he's able to take you out of your circumstance. Yes. He's able to fix anything that yes. needs to be fixed. Uh -huh. Oh, I know he's a way maker. I know he's able. I know he's able to do all the things that man can't do. Is your election sure? Yes. There ain't no runoff when it comes to God and Satan. It's not even close. He's the everlasting incumbent. In other words, he's been in his position for a long time. Uh, his works speak for themselves. You go from Genesis to Revelation and know that God is one that has been sure. He's done so many things that can't even be named numbered. He's not looking for your contribution, but he wants your praise. He wants your recognition. He wants you to worship him, to know that he is doing this for your benefit. For your benefit. It is for the benefit of. Have you made your election sure? Is your relationship sure? If you are the last in a Lazarus type situation, that's a dead kind of situation. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, I can come in and I can still bring life to a dead circumstance. I can still step in where it's been pronounced dead. I can say live. I can say come forth. Loose him. Him go. If there's anybody, anybody that does not have a solid relationship with God, stand on my testimony to know that God has delivered me from so much, so much. I can't even begin to tell you all. If I told you all, you wouldn't believe it. This is a sure thing. This is a sure thing. It's not a lottery. It's not a game. This thing is so serious. Now is the perfect time. Remember thy creator in the days of your youth. We know the times are crazy. There's stuff happening all around. But wouldn't it be 
nice to know that there is a Savior. That there is a Savior. That there is a Savior that is here. He knows your needs. Even before you ask, just ask the Savior to help you. Just ask the Savior to come into your circumstance. I know that this word is for everybody. Myself especially included. And know that it cost me my life to put this word out there. Because I surrendered my life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just adore you. We thank you, God, that you have brought us to this place as we look to the cross, as we consider the blood that was shed for all of us, we know that it was for the benefit of. God, we thank you that you loved us enough to send Jesus. God, we love you. We adore you. God, we ask that you would touch every person that's under the sound of my voice. I don't know what they may be battling with, God, but I do know that you are the answer. I ask God that you would touch them in the area of their need, that you would increase their faith, that you would strengthen them, God, even now. God, I ask that you would touch this great apostle, that you would touch them even right now. Whatever is unspoken, God, give a confirmation that it is. God, I ask you to touch every minister that they will proclaim this word in a new way that is in alignment with your will. But God, now I speak to the congregation that those that may be wavering, that may be unsteady in their faith, that you would assure them in their faith to know that God, you are an anchor that yet holds. God, we know that you are a sure foundation. You are the chief cornerstone. We thank you, God, you are a bridge over troubled water. We thank you, God, you're the bread of life. That we shall have what we need according to your will. So, God, if there's one person that does not know you for the part of their sin, we ask now, God, that you would prick their heart. Your word says, if you be lifted up, you will draw all men. So, Father, we ask that you would bring them into the fold. That you say that they would accept you as their Savior, believe in their heart, and confess that they are a sinner. That they can have everlasting life. So, God, we thank you that it's all about the A, B, and the C. But we know, God, that you are an answer to every circumstance. So, God, thank you for this. Thank you for this day. We praise you and we adore you. God, for those that may be sick that's connected to us, I ask that you send your healing. Send your healing virtue right now. Send your healing power from the crown of the head even to the sole of their feet. Do so, God. You said by your stripes, we are healed. And God, even in this space, send your healing power. Send your power of healing right now. Send your power down. In the name of Jesus, it is in the name of Jesus that we pray this in unity, in unity, and in faith. Amen, amen, and amen.
Come on, just enjoy them for a 